0: Page. We're in Genesis chapter 12. As I alluded to just a minute ago, we are looking at Abram. Abram turns into Abraham. Okay. So Abram is the name that he had before God changed his name. And anytime you see God change the name in the Bible, something um, has changed in their heart. It really, really points to um, God being control of their life. So at this point, you can kind of look at Abram as a man who wants to follow God, but he's not doing it full wholeheartedly. So we have this here. It says in verse one through three of chapter 12, it says the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family and go to the land. I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Our first point today is God commands. And when God commands, when God is in charge of our faith walk, he will faithfully direct our path for his glory, and it will go well with us. So in your bulletin it says something just a little bit different from the main point than that. Uh, ignore my poor English. I changed it <laughs> last night when I was looking through that. I was like, wow. I hope they don't look at that too close. But I'll just point it out now. And I I changed it just a little bit. Abraham goes in faith. God says go. He says he goes in faith. Um, what else do we see here? Is Abram used to traveling? Matter of fact, he is um, in. End of chapter 11, you see his dad, Tara, go um, up into a different re- region from Ur on up. They hit the major traveling routes in these stories, um, but it doesn't mean that it wasn't dangerous. It doesn't mean that it wasn't treacherous on the, the way and that there could have been danger. All these things are true. It could have been, but God was with them. And so he watches over them and bless them. God says, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to a place I will show you. If, you. if you follow through, then I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. Okay, it says in a sense that you will leave a legacy. What do we see here? We see three times that you will be a blessing or you will bless other people. And you see it in verse 3, it says, I will bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed. Through you, This is kind of important. And if you look at this, you still see that theme th- from for the Israelites today. I believe if we are supporting the country Israel and if they are following the Lord, then we will have a blessing with our country as well. I think that is biblical. I think you can back it up through uh, history Uh, When Israelites are following the Lord and they choose God as their God, they're a good country to support. And we need to be doing that. God watches over his people Israel, especially when they call him their God. So God throws out a conditional blessing. You'll see this many times throughout the Bible. You see, God says, if you do this, if you obey my commandments, then this will happen. And every time, it is a blessing. It doesn't say, if you um, do what I, my will, I will curse you. No, never says that. It does say, if you turn away from me, I will curse you. It, um, in Deuteronomy, Moses predicts when that you choose a king, this is going to happen. Teach your king to stay away from these three things, money, sex, and power. We've been talking about that in uh, youth groups. And we will talk about it a little bit today. So now when we look into our lives, are we a man of faith or women of faith like Abram? So I got to thinking, what's the opposite of faithfulness? What is the opposite of faithfulness? And I would have to say it's inconsistency. When somebody is inconsistency or if they're false, that would be the opposite of. Of being faithful so if you want somebody to be faithful you want them to show up to youth group every single time that's something that I depend on when as a pastor I know I got Craig's gonna be there and I know that Amy is gonna be there if they don't they're communicating to me with that when I get that inconsistency that's hard for me to like to walk forward with and so as we walk when Jesus walks we want to be consistent in our walk, don't we? So I got to thinking, well, what's, what's a building? Faith is a building block of love. And Abraham is showing God love through sacrificial action. He is putting something that he knows aside. And he's walking away from his family, his known family, his known land and things. And he is walking with the Lord. And so if he weren't to walk with them, if he were not to sacrifice like this, what would that be? What would it look like? What's the opposite of love? A lot of people say it's hate. That's not, that's not correct. I don't think so. Love and hate are both filled with passion. Okay, they're, that's actually very similar. It's just a little bit skewed at the end when you have uh, that. The other thing I think w- which is important is to look at the opposite of love would be apathy, to not do anything. You can see the problem, but you choose not to do anything because, well, I want to stay comfortable. And that's one of the reasons why I preach against comfort so many times. When God commands us to do, when, when God commands us, do we go in faith or do we sit in apathy? Let's say that we listen. We see God working in and through our lives and we are drawn deeper into a relationship with him and it bolsters our faith and we have a desire to go with him. We understand he is our authority. We submit to his ways and our love grows. It goes well with us. So God tells us to go and we listen. We walk in faith. There is only good things that happen out of that in our relationship with the Lord. Does it mean life is always going to go well? Not always. But I think we will have a peace about how we go. Well, what happens if God's calling us to go, but we don't listen? Well, first we need to look at our spiritual walk. Are we earnestly seeking the Lord in our Bible? Is our mind centered on the Lord? Are we praying on a regular basis? Well, if you answered no, not much is going to happen. okay? Because you haven't, you haven't walked in faith previous to this. You're not walking in faith now. You don't really have much to worry about, which is unfortunate because God's called us to faith. Sometimes he will get us even deeper until he wakes us up to walk in faith correctly. So if you answered, yes, I am in the Bible. My mind is centered on the Lord and I pray on a regular basis, but I don't really want to go. Who does that sound like? If you think of a character in the Bible that God said go someplace, say, I don't know, Nineveh? Now you know who I'm talking about? Jonah, right? Go to the place I've told them, tell them to repent, and then we'll see how it happens. he says, no, because I know what kind of God you are. They will repent because I know the kind of God you are. You will draw their hearts and they will listen. I am not going. What's that? That's rebellion, right? That is straight up rebellion. So what's Jonah do? He finds a boat that's going the opposite direction, take me to Tarsus or take me out to to Spain. I am not going this way. And it does not go well with him. And he he lives a bitter life, doesn't he? By the time you get to the end of Jonah, you're like, dude, (laughs) this is horrible. You're, oh man, poor guy. Um, but God kind of gets a hold of his heart, but we don't know what happens to Jonah after that point. We only get to see a little snippet into his life, and he's done. This would be an act of rebellion in our lives, too. If God's prompting your heart, and you tell him no, there are seen and unseen consequences. Okay, some of the unseen Is God is opening a new door for you and you just closed it. So you're not going to see the opportunities that walk down that road. Uh, You may see hurt in some people around you's life that wouldn't have happened if you were walking down that other road. We don't know. Uh, Some of the seen things, God wanted you to administer someone and you did not. That is something that's happened many times in my life. Um, It might be their last chance. Well, Pastor, if you've ever experienced this, yes, I remember we were here, it was the first year we were in this building, so it was about the second or third year of White Rose, and we were working on a play or a a song by Lifehouse, and it was a really good illustration of salvation and how Satan is attacking us, and then um, it was Haley, do you remember that, that skit? I don't know if you remember that one. So... We get back, we're over doing Easter, we're doing on Easter Easter at Brandy's family, and Saturday night we run back here to to practice it one last time. I get to come in the door, I'm coming in the next door, I get a phone call from my boss and um, she says, hey, are you sitting down? I said, yeah, Uh, do you remember Lauren was one of our customer service reps, worked closely with me, um, died in a plane crash today. Um, there's, you know, there was no chance of a single engine plane. The engine gave out and they don't, they don't fly after. That particular model doesn't fly after. And she lost her life. Well just the, the day before, so that was, it was on Good Friday, I asked, I was asking them, do you know what Good Friday's about? Do you know what it's about? I started to explain the Easter story and I kind of pulled up short. I invited him to church. They said they're going to be up, um, up yonder. I said, well, don't wait too long. And that's all I got. That's all the farther I got. I didn't share the gospel. I didn't share the prompting that the Lord was telling me. And she lost her life. She wasn't there on, on Monday morning. We're not guaranteed tomorrow, folks, are we? We are not. It's better to walk with the Lord and follow his ways than to uh, do our own thing. When God is in charge of our faith walk, he will faithfully direct our path for his glory and it will go well with us. So now let's look at a time when Abraham was walking with God and listened well. Let's look through at verses four through nine. Um, let's, can you put that map up there real quick? So if you look at this map and it's it's better I tried to put on your bulletin. I couldn't get it. I apologize. It starts down in the bottom right-hand side, and that's um, in the region of Iran. And then it goes all the way up to the northern part of Iran, um, and then it he comes down. It's probably actually into Turkey a little bit there, which is at the very top of the screen, about in the center. And then it comes down by the sea, which is the blue on the left side, and that's the journey that we're talking about. So. When he is with his father, he travels from Ur all the way to the top of the map. Okay, it's a little bit longer journey than going into Jerusalem and that area, but that Jerusalem area would be a little bit tougher because you get across some mountains and things like that. And it's not like they drove there, they walked the whole way, right? And so these two journeys were a big deal. So God says to go. Abraham listens, okay? In verse 4 says, Now Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. So he's a spring chicken, right? He took his wife Sarah and his nephew Lot and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people that he had taken into his household at Haran and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp and beside the oak of Morah at that time that the area was inhabited by the Canaanites when the Lord appeared to Abram and said I will give this land to your descendants Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him after that Abram traveled south and set up camp in the hill country with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east there he built another altar and dedicated it to the lord and he worshiped the lord then abram continued to travel south by stages toward the the negev abraham obeys abraham obeys where does god take him to what land did god show him the land of the canaanites right well lord if you were telling me that we're going to the land of canaan I would have said no why because God cursed them back in in chapter 9 and he says God will wipe them from the earth and he does wipe them from the earth and he starts the process when they come back out of Egypt to reclaim their promised land for them Abram he doesn't react to this instead he listens to the Lord he leans in on his faith He builds an altar to the Lord, worships when he arrives where he was, and he worships the Lord. Why is obedience so important to faith? Well, if you look at Proverbs 29, 18, it says, When the people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. Well, they didn't have the law at this time. And technically, we're outside the law, so we need to be listening to the Spirit of God, right? When the God, God's Spirit is prompting us to go and do what we need to do, we need to listen, okay, and do it joyfully. Abraham is looking forward to what God has for him and his and his family in the future. He is not about himself. How do I know that? Well, the writers of Hebrews sums it up pretty well. In Hebrews 11, 15, and 16, it says, It defines people of faith their mindset is more like this if they had longed for a country they had come from they could have gone back they could have went back to haran they could have went back to ur but god's pulled them out of those regions for a reason we need to ask why but they were looking for a better place a heavenly homeland that is why god is not ashamed to be called their god for he's prepared a city for them people the lord has called me to bellevue has he called you to bellevue if he has then we need to work on that together okay we need to walk through with this community to commit them to the lord We don't even know the whole story and god promises this because of what our faith is set on so we press on do we know what's going to happen at white rose no we don't do we have faith that god does absolutely so we're going to walk as jesus walked in faith okay white rose it's about the process walking through the process and faith that we will get better less brown He's apparently the, the go-to guy on inspirational YouTube videos. I heard this guy, and I was like, dude, that's good. And I heard another inspirational video. I'm like, who? And so I looked up the quote. It was Les Brown again, and it was Les Brown. And was, so I'm interested in this guy. I don't know him other than his name. But he uses this illustration. Practice makes what? Practice makes perfect, it's what we've been taught, but that's not true. Practice makes improvement, right? We can always be better than our best. Think about when you're four years old, if you ran as fast as you could, and that was as fast as you ever ran, then practice would make perfect. You could run that fast every single time. But as we grow, as we mature in our in our bodies, we can run faster than our four year old self. So practice makes improvement. I got to a certain point in my track career and I ran pretty fast. But then there was one track meet that it was freezing cold. And I had to get out all my sweats into those little track outfits You can guarantee that's the fastest I've ever ran in my life. Um, I probably shaved a half a second off my 200 and I'm not even joking um, because I was running for the prize, which was to get all my warm stuff back on, right? And the coach even commented, well, you were fast, but man, house, he was moving Um, and I was, I was cold. And so you get a little bit of motivation and there you go. So when we walk in faith, we depend on the Lord. We don't ever assume that we have arrived. We continue our faith walk and continue to build. Trusting has a way laid out for us. Walking in obedience for his glory. So we don't walk off the path, right? We walk as he leads, so we don't walk off the path. What happens when we do walk off the path? What would we sing about in our last song? His amazing grace, right? If we don't have that, there's no way to get back to the path. But we do have that. And so we can. And now all the road that we walk, which would... If we walked our own road and we strayed off, what would happen? We'd wind up in hell. How did we get here? Well, it all started when we veered away. When God's in charge of our faith walk, he will faithfully direct our paths for his glory, and it will glow well with us. Now, I'd like to say that Abram just did this amazing thing, and he was an amazing guy, and he's the hero of the story, but that just certainly is not true. So do we have an illustration in there where maybe he strayed away from the Lord, where he took matters into his own hand? Well, I'm glad you asked because it's the next section, 10 through 20, as we come to the last point of this. Listen to this story. At that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abram to go down to Egypt, where he lived as a foreigner. As he was approaching the border of Egypt, Abram said to his wife, Sarai, look, you are a very beautiful woman. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Let's kill him, and then we can have her. So please tell them you are my sister and they will spare my life and treat me well because of the interest in you. Now she is probably 65 years old at this point in time. Life expectancy doesn't it doesn't last that long, okay? In the ancient world, if you get past 30, you're old, okay? So if somebody would be 65 and 75 years old, this would be very attractive in that how are you doing this? We want that in our bloodline. That's that's where this is coming from. Okay, so let's continue on. And sure enough, Abraham arrived in Abraham or Abram arrived in Egypt. There we go. And everyone noticed Sarai's beauty. When the palace officials saw her, they sang her praises to Pharaoh, their king. And Sarai was taken to his palace. And Pharaoh gave Abram many gifts because of her: sheep, goats, cattle, male and female donkeys male and female servants, and camels. But the Lord sent terrible plagues upon Pharaoh and his household because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So the Pharaoh summoned Abram and accused him sharply. What have you done to me? He demanded. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister and allow me to take her as my wife? Now then... Here's your wife, take her and get out of here. Pharaoh ordered some of his men to escort them and he sent Abram out of the country along with his wife and all his possessions. Now was God in that story? Yes, absolutely he was. But would have gone just as well for Abram if he would have came up front and said that she was my wife? Yeah, but what it would have required... Would have required faith. And he starts looking around. He starts looking at his circumstances and he starts saying, Oh no. Oh no, 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 no. You guys that watch TikTok, you know what I'm talking about there. It's for the young ones out there. And God intervenes. Now, I'm going to say this God will intervene for the who. But more often, he's going to intervene. For the how the what the why and not so much the who what do I mean that by that if God has a plan that he wants to get from point A to point B and he says Shane I'm going to I want you to walk this path and I start veering off and I start to rebel he's gonna change the what or the how and he's gonna change the who before he's gonna change the what or the how many times he's like Shane's not walking the path that I have for him I'll use his son I'll use one of the elders I'll do this to get to point B and Shane's gonna see that if he would have continued that path the who would not have had to change in the process okay many times that's the case but when God says I'm going to make a nation through you he can't change the who in the situation can he He has to use Abram and he changes all the other circumstances around. So Abraham can be turned into Abraham down the road. So what is one of those biggest shackles of our faith? What pulls us down to where we're just like, I don't know. I I can't, I'm not sure if I can do this. I don't know if I can walk to point B. I don't know if I can do, do we cry out to the Lord right there? Or do we look for a way out? It's fear, isn't it? Fear is what changes us. Fear is what shifts us. Fear is what shackles our faith so we don't want to walk out in faith. We look at our budget and we say we're not making their money, and what are we going to do? We're going to walk in faith. Right? That's not easy. It is Our fight or flight nature that comes in. And fight or flight is a good thing, isn't it? If there is a lion in front of you, flight is probably your best answer, right? If there is a bully at school, sometimes fighting is your only option. Sometimes it's flight. But fear is a good thing. We need to be keen on our senses. But what happens when we get into a circumstance when God is calling us to go and it's going to take the grind to get there. And there's a way of comfort that's just to the right. We could just do it this way so easy. And maybe we become a little apathetic. Right? It's a lot easier to go that way. I choose that way many times. Right? The example... If the Lord is taking us into the unknown, fear can be a big liar, can it? Sometimes it's right on the nose. But man, sometimes when we start looking at our circumstances instead of the Lord, it can be a liar. Abraham starts looking around and see that he is in a tight spot. And he tells his wife that hey, you're my sister anyway, just tell them you're my sister and just leave out the detail that you're my wife. Because he's not lying, she was his half-sister. Back then, it was a little bit more acceptable. But was was he walking and trusting the Lord in faith? I don't think so. Um, Baruch tries to make a case that he was. I don't agree with Baruch on that particular point. When Pharaoh starts courting Sarah and eventually marries her, Abraham is probably like, see, Lord, if I did it your way, they would have killed me. I was a dead man. It's a good thing I did it this way. But we need to stop right there. Because if we're walking in God's plan and not ours, first we need to understand that God will protect us. He promised that I'm going to be a great nation. I don't have any kids yet. He should be resting in that, shouldn't he? He should be resting in that and saying, well, I'm not going to be a nation without kids. So I'm going to rest that God's going to give me kids, which he does about 20 years later. And then he starts looking around at his circumstances and he says, I'm at a tight spot. Have you been there? Have you been in that tight spot? Say, what am I going to do? And I would say this. It's, it's much like the difference between love and hate. It's about passion. We have a passion to take over uh, this little village for the Lord. But what if it's a misguided passion on the way we're supposed to do it, on the how? Well, it's the right thing. We want to evangelize for the Lord. We want to bring people in. But if it's a misguided passion, it can bring us a lot of trouble. It can raise our anger to uncontrollable. You ever been there before? Can't control my anger. I'm passionate about what needs to be done. I'm passionate about feeding these people in Bellevue, and they're not letting me do this. Now I, get, I rise up, and I have uncontrollable anger. It destroys marriage's passion when it's out of place. By pursuing the big three power, money, and sex. If I just had a little bit more, if I had a woman on the side, if I had um, a bigger business, if I had a bigger church, we could do this. You know, if we just got to 200 people, we'd be able to evangelize Bellevue easily. And so now I'm going about evangelizing. instead of evangelizing jesus do you see how that can change really quickly i refuse to change the message i will change the method but i will not change the message of jesus christ he is our savior he is the hero guess what guys we all suck right you can hear that just going right down the drain Because we do pursue other things, right? We have a sin nature, and we need to trust in him. Praise God, he can redeem our passion as well, can't he? When we get off and stray, God can still use Abram and bring him back on the path. Come back over here, you're going to see that it will go well with you. And praise God, he was able to redeem the situation. He can point us back to the lord as well but we have to be willing to be the bad guy of the story what what do you mean by that well we have to be willing to tell people that fall on our sword and admit i was walking away from the lord when i did that and he redeemed me he is the hero i can only take you so far god can take you all the way I'm going to point to God because he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. I was walking away. I was pursuing money, sex, or power, all three. And Jesus got a hold of my life. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He's the hero. Amen? I'm a changed man because of Jesus. If Jesus can do that to passion, certainly he can do that to our shame as well. You don't know, pastor. You don't know how I feel. You don't know what the circumstances I've been through. Yeah, well, I also know that can be a very prideful attitude because Jesus knows, and if he's gonna be the hero, then you gotta allow him, the world, to see how ugly you are and how amazing he is to walk you out of the ugliness. That's why, I come up here and confess my sins sometimes. Say, hey, I struggle with this. The Lord's helped deliver me because I'm not the hero. That's really, really, really important. Okay, It's the other side of the gospel we like to leave out. Okay, We like to look at the glory. We like to look at at heaven, look at the reward. But we don't want to look at ourselves and examine and then declare, hey, guys, I'm I'm an adulteress. That's right, I've been rescued by Jesus Christ. Let me tell you how he did that. Does that got your interest now? It's a little bit more interesting than saying, Jesus is so amazing. Yeah, 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 I've heard that before. Right? I used to desire to have the biggest church in town. That's not the point anymore. My desire now is to walk with Jesus faithfully. Let me tell you how he changed that in my life i used to want to have the biggest budget and um to be the richest i thought i could be an author and go like this but the lord's changed my life he's got a hold of me and now i don't desire those things anymore let me tell you about my jesus those are the big three right power sex and money how why do i call those the big three deuteronomy chapter 17 he um moses god tells moses to warn your kings about those three says don't have a king that's not native born tell him to watch out for don't get too many horses which is power don't get too many wives which is sex and don't um hoard wealth which is money write these things down have each one of them write it down every single day whoa Remember, removing the narrative, the story of look what I, I have done and replacing it with look at the broken pursuit I was taking. I was chasing this money. I was chasing sex. I was chasing power. But then Jesus happened. He renewed my passion to follow him. Now I have peace. I have contentment. I am pursuing my wife and my marriage because he restores. He heals my God saves. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He can do this. Are there bumps along the way? Are there hardships along the way? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's pain and heartache that we should never have to experience. I can see that in this room already. I can look around the room and start naming things that are just so heart-wrenching that it's changed your life. Right? Right? You'll never be the same because of the pain in your life. And that's suffering, isn't it? But we look forward to the promise that we have in Jesus Christ when we can be reunited with loved ones, where we can um, be delivered from this pain, where we can have this hope for a future in rejoicing with Him in heaven. God's refining fire Guess what? It burns at first, doesn't it? It hurts. It burns when it's burning off the chaff of my life. But in time, it brings out the purified, refined you that he desires. And he molds that material as it's heated up into the men and the women that he delights in. Are you willing to walk through God's refining fire? Are you willing to allow it to burn away the chaff, to produce the gold underneath? Folks, it starts with surrender, to walk in his path, to find out how he walks. It journeys in faith. Okay, so it starts in surrender, it journeys in faith, and it ends in glory with him. Amen? When God is in charge of our faith walk, he will faithfully direct our path for his glory, and it will go well with us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for our time together this morning. We thank you that you have given us an opportunity once again to follow you to walk as Jesus walked, to be a delight on how we can take the next step. Lord, we rejoice in the suffering because it will refine us in the process. And it's hard sometimes to be rejoicing in the suffering. Lord, I pray for endurance in the pain. I pray for those that are going through... uh, the heartache of losing a loved one. Lord, I pray for those that are going through the process of watching a loved one destroy their life. Lord, we ask for your comfort in that situation. We ask for deliverance, and by the name of Jesus Christ, that you would lift them up of the mire and the muck, that you would set their feet and restore their relationship with you. Only you can do that, and we cry out to Jesus. I can think of three people that we're praying for that are dealing with addictions and they need your help right now. Lord, in Jesus' name, deliver them from this evil. Lord, we pray for endurance. We pray for the heartache that goes with loss. We pray that you would lift them up and set them on your, their feet on firm ground. Lord, we pray that they would cry out to you with the groanings that only the Spirit knows and that they would uh, be restored to your joy. Lord, we thank you for our time together this morning, and we thank you for the encouragement that we have, that we have faithful givers here at White Rose Fellowship Church. And we pray that as we walk forward that you would open up avenues of how we can continue to walk together as... Uh, fellow believers into your glory. Guide and direct us, lead us, protect us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.